What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 159, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and on today's episode, we're talking about the Game Award nominations and was Starfield snubbed? We'll discuss. But before we get to that, introduce my co-host back for another week, Jam Pack Sam. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? I'm doing very well. It is Game Awards nominees week. The internet is on fire, as is tradition. Uh, no, but things are good. I'm excited to uh, to break it down with you here, man. It's it's funny because uh, Wario 64 leaked the Game of the Year nominees like four minutes oh. before the video went live, and immediately I was like, "We're gonna do this early. We're kicking off the the hatred and the the venom." But yeah. It's uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about. All right, we're not gonna be those people, but we're gonna talk about it. Uh, before we get to that though, this is Project X Talk. We are live every Thursday on YouTube.com/slash Save the Game Media. If you can't catch us over there, we post every Friday morning on your favorite audio platform of choice. While you're over there, make sure to drop us that five star review. Whereas Apple, Spotify, it does help us in the algorithm. If you want to support us further, get early access to Save the Game Media content and exclusive bonus post shows. Head over to Patreon.com/slash Save the Game Media. Choose the tier that's right for you like our current patreon supporters so thank you to bucky blue fabulous brianna brianna's mom brianna's brother brianna's wife nikolai at night cypher primus brendan myers marcus o'neill lillian mimi J, the snack network david Hotright, dave harp the xbox expansion pass alpaca tom and lee navarro thank you all for your support we appreciate each and every one of you sam let's dive right into it man i've been playing a lot of games but i want to know what you've been playing before we get to me yeah, man, I uh, it has been a wonderfully nostalgic week. And let me tell you, there are two reasons why. Mountain Dew Game Fuel is back and Halo 3 is back in Halo Infinite. And those things are just it's like life a time. is good. They like life knew they worked yeah. together. I'm sure that was like a plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a plan thing. I, I actually uh, for those that don't know, if you don't play Halo Infinite on the regular Halo 3 maps that were built in Forge are coming back into Halo Infinite. And there's also a Mountain Dew themed remake of a halo 3 map that is just fluorescent green through and through that they have thrown it's phenomenal i love this stuff um but it's just uh it's like they bottled up 2007 and put Mm -hmm. it in the game it's just it's so good and um yeah i've been playing more of that the new uh mini kind of season launched combined arms that i paid five bucks to get the the season pass for so cheaper Mm -hmm. than a normal battle pass yeah um, but yeah, I've been really enjoying some Halo and then also Diablo 4 season two. I went back and it's okay. very fun. It's very fun. What is the difference? I have not been keeping up with Diablo. I bounced when I saw season one coming. I was like, that doesn't really sound like my jam. They did a bunch of those nerfs. What about season two is really getting you in there? So season two, I'm one of those people where when I play Diablo, it's not necessarily for like the plot development or anything like that. Like I just want to grind something and just turn my brain off and kill stuff. Mm. Um, So I was feeling that way. I've also been playing Alan Wake too, which I'll talk about more in a minute. But um, I just didn't want to do a narrative driven horror game. And I just wanted to like play something. Same way I played Call of Duty or Battlefield. And so with Diablo 4 season two, the vampire powers or the abilities are kind of what draw you into the game. And so you collect, I think they're souls and you can spend souls on different kinds of vampiric abilities in the game. So like they're, they're not major things, but it's like, I think one of them is if you take damage occasionally, like there's a 7% chance of you dropping little explosive blood pellets that'll damage your enemies. Or if you get ganged up on somebody, everybody around you, 
there's a 5% chance of them being in fear and running away, like stuff like that, that just adds a nice little touch to the gameplay, but it's just a good time. I'm having a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, uh, eventually, I will go back to Diablo 4. Um, it's still installed because I know in the back of my mind, like, you're going to go back at some point. Yeah. Like, you love Diablo. You spent hundreds of hours in Diablo 3. Like, that expansion they announced, like, obviously, I'm going to go back and play that. I got to know. I got to know. I do care about the story of Diablo. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good story, and I I wish that there were more of those like very high level cinematics that they had in the main game oh, because so those, it was so good. And um, but yeah, I'm just happy to be back in D4, and then I'm also still chunking my way through Alan Wake 2, and I'm trying to not treat it as one of those games that I'm just playing to get it done, you mm -hmm. know. Like there are a lot of those games where you're like, I just want to continue this because I can wrap it up if I yep. play through it for the next three days straight. And I know Alan Wake 2 is special. And I also know that most days this week, I haven't been in the mindset to play it. So I'm like trying to balance wanting to get into the story with like the hate of having to do more detective board stuff. So I, I think I'm just going to put it on a weekend schedule from now on and mm. just kind of like take it as it comes. But I'm still having fun with it. Still how, fun. how far are you in Alan Wake 2? I think I am uh, on the... I think it's like it's split into chapters. Yeah, so I'm yeah, on yeah. chapter six of I think both of them. Oh, okay. You're you're not that far. You're, yeah. You're gonna say I think each of them have nine. So yeah, you're not so that like far. I'm like seventy five percent of the way through. Both yeah, yeah. You're not lines. that far from finishing it. So like yeah. weekend duty, you'll be through that in no time. Yeah, I'm gonna try to wrap it up this weekend. Not that I want to like push through and wrap it up, but also like I know what the game is now. I know what the plot kind of is developing into, and I'm ready to like round it out and see what happens. But um, yeah. So that's what I've been playing. But what about you, man? Enough about me. What's been on the, the docket? Yeah. So I have been hard at work with my uh achilles injury i can't exercise which gives me a little more time to like uh, play some games uh actually where i'm like well i got nothing else to do so i have beaten two games this week nice. um first one like a dragon guide in the man who erased his name i knocked this one out um i had friday off for veterans day um, and I played a t way too much, like hours and hours of it on, on Friday. This game hooked me. I was like, the way I say it is Tales of Horize was one of my, was my game of the year of 2021. The DLC came out and I did beat that this week, but I was like expecting to immediately be hooked with the DLC and spend my time there. And instead I was like, I'm going to do like a dragon first. Uh, yeah. It was the most over the top absurd nonsense i've ever seen like kiryu basically becomes a secret agent he has like a, a little spider grappling hook to wrap people and then you uh, you can upgrade it to get more people like at, by the end of the game Ooh. i had like i was wrapping up like four dudes and flinging them around the arena uh you can get rocket shoes where you just like jet propel yourself through the crowd of enemies it's nonsense it was great it was over the top I loved every minute of it. Um, good story, very emotional ending. Oh, I think I wrapped it up in about nine hours, so not that not that long. Very short experience. Cool. Um, Tales of Arise DLC Beyond the Dawn came out as the same day as that. I have wrapped that up. I finished. I finished the story yesterday, and then I needed to get my hundred percent achievements back because this is one thing about Xbox that I don't like. When DLC comes out, it ruins your hundred percent achievements. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. on PlayStation, they're like, we're just going to put it on a little separate list. Like you, even if you have the platinum, like it's not going to ruin that. 
but I couldn't stand for that. So I grinded, I did 40, 40 side quests and then 12 more character quests. And then I did uh, an arena battle, which this, some people may judge me for this, but I was level 92 and I couldn't beat the level 99 final, like ultimate challenge for the last achievement I needed. And then I went to the store and I saw a plus 10 level up for $2. And I was like, well, Time is money, and my time is worth more than two dollars. So I, that's fair. I just bought it, and then I beat it, and I wrapped that up, got my hundred percent back. Um, what I will say about the DLC, actually, it is probably not worth thirty dollars. It, um, I, I hundred percent the DLC in thirteen hours. That's inc- that's obviously I did everything, but the story is kind of dull until like hour seven and then the final mm. dungeon's really good i think the overall theme that they're going for is really good here it's about like accepting yourself even when like society may reject you i think it's a good message i don't think they nail it like the way the the main game nails it which was disappointing because i do love the main game yeah i think that um it's hard to sell anything whenever you're like, it gets good seven hours in, you yes. know, like it, it, that, that's a difficult thing to swallow. And I'm sure it'll be good for the fans that are hardcore that want to get back into it. Like you obviously hundred percenting it. I'm sure you'll get into it, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard sell for 30 bucks. I mean, the gamer math checks out. Like you're looking at like less than three bucks an hour to enjoy the DLC, I guess. So it's a, fair deal but also maybe mm-hmm. a wait for sale would you say probably wait for sale yeah yeah well if you haven't played the base game they did lower the pr- so you can get the dlc and the base game together for 60 now so if you haven't played either of them like if you mm. want that i think that's a pretty good deal base game i think they lowered to 40 so you'd save 10 bucks if you just like you haven't played any of it yeah that's pretty good pretty good yeah um, other than that, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, I'm just, this is my comfort game right now. I hop in, play some matches, do a little of the campaign, beat some, just, I'm playing some Angry Beavers right now, just whooping some people, enjoying that. Um, this is a game where I'm I'm probably going to, like, grind it in December and try to, like, get good, you know, yeah. like the multiplayer. But right now, there's, like, so many other, like, single-player games. I just, I don't have time for, like, a big multiplayer investment, but it's yeah. fun to hop into for a few matches. Yeah, I think you got the name wrong though. I think it is. Uh, I think it's the Game Awards nominated Nickelodeon yes. All Stars. Yeah, the, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Best fighting game of 2023, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Two. We give credit where credits due. You know, we've got to call it out. I mean, I, that, personally, I was shocked that it was on the list. Also, recognize there are very few fighting games in the grand scheme to like fill that out. But cool to see. I still like yeah, it. Yeah, we're gonna. I think uh, there's a few when we get into the stories. Uh, I think that was one of the categories I wanted to touch on. But yes, I was also surprised to see that one nominated. <laughs> and I think I made a I made a little joke, and I had to clarify. I'm like, this wasn't a dig at either game, but I said, Nick All-Star Brawl 2 and Starfield have the same amount of nominations. That is game crazy. Award. That's wild. Just, you know, just turn it out there. Been a weird uh, year. Strange year. Very strange year. But if that's all we've been playing, why don't we jump over and talk about the game awards? Because the nominees were released on Monday, as we discussed last week. We gave our game of the year nominee predictions last year. Neither of us got it 100%. Yeah. Um, but 
they are uh, announced. We're going to go over some of the categories. So I'm going to share my screen and we'll go through these together because there are some some big, not all of them, just the big categories. And then obviously we'll finish with game of the year talk. But let me share this. And for uh, our audio listeners, I'll obviously talk you through what we're seeing here. But nominees for the game awards. Uh, let me just, there we go. And now I have to share that. Cool. So let us rock on to, I want to start with best performance, I think, because that's always a, a controversial one. I personally, last year, I understand Christopher Judge getting it, but I think uh, Charlotte McBurney deserved it a little more. So this year's nominees for best performance, Ben Starr for Final Fantasy 16. He was Clive Rosendale. Uh, Cameron Monag Monaghan, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Idris Elba, Cyberpunk. Uh, Melanie Libbard for Alan Wake 2. She plays Saga. We have Neil Newborn, Baldur's Gate 3, and Yuri Lowenthal from Marvel's Spider-Man 2. So how many of these games have you played, Sam? So I have played Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Alan Wake 2. I've watched some of Phantom Liberty. Let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about like, I and I don't even want to like call them real actors, but like TV and movie actors being included in this kind of category like Idris Elba is like, if, you know, like he's a he's a pretty prominent actor. Yeah, you know? I watched him in Luther. He was in a Fast and Furious movie. I mean, and then like Cameron Monaghan, I think is how you say his last name. He's in pretty significant TV shows and movies and stuff now, too. So at that point, you're like, we're just picking our favorite actors. But that I also don't want to make that sound degrading towards people like Ben Starr, Melanie Libbard, who I don't know if they do movies and TV or not, but like I know mm -hmm. them from games. Um, but like, yeah, so to answer your direct question, I play Jedi survivor and Alan Wake too. Okay. Yeah. This is, um, this is interesting for me because I did, I didn't think about it from that perspective. Like seeing Idris Elba up here is kind of mind blowing, right? Like if he wins, is he going to be at the game awards or is he, is he like a level above being there? You know, like, is he, yeah. he's like an A-list celebrity. Yeah, I mean, it would be like if you were like best game actor and you put Keanu Reeves in there. You're mm -hmm. like, well, he was in Cyberpunk, so yeah. I guess it counts, you know? Yeah, this is, uh, I've played Final Fantasy 16, Alan Wake 2, and that's it. Uh, obviously, I know Yuri Lowenthal's previous work, obviously amazing. Idris Elba is actually one of my favorite actors in real life. I absolutely love his work. Uh, Luther is one of my favorite shows. If anybody hasn't seen it, you should go watch it. But, um, I think like if I'm looking at this from a game perspective, I really think Ben Starr has kind of had like a breakout year um, for his role as Clive in Final Fantasy 16. He blows up on social media all the time with he has like funny videos where he pretended to like audition for Mario where he's like, it's a oh, yeah, I've seen that. Mario. <laughs> so uh, I would give it them. But I <laughs> Tom Alpaca Tom in the chat says, I mean, Keanu Reeves would show up. I'm he sure he would. Up. He seems like a very nice guy. He would show up. I think that Idris Elba was at an Xbox Phantom Liberty event that I saw, like some kind of like pre-launch party or something. So he may be there. Mm. Um, I think if I had to give it to anybody out of my personal like game experience, Melanie would probably be the one to get it because I do think her performance in Alan Wake 2 is good. Um, the, the Then the question becomes like, why was the dude that plays Alan Wake not nominated? Because arguably he's got more of the acting role in there. Like, I don't see, know. I haven't gotten to the end yet, so I don't know if there's more to be seen. Fun fact about Alan Wake. He is actually two people. Yeah, he's Tom and then uh, Alan Wake, right? 
No, no. He, I mean, two people play the character of Alan Wake. So the body, really? yeah, the body is Illa. He's some Finnish actor, but he does all the mocap and the actual. He's the face and like the live action stuff. But the voice of Alan Wake is Matt Peretta. So really? he, they oh. dub in his voice over like what he like the lip. They lip sing. For the entirety of Alan Wake. Yeah. I didn't know that until I looked it up. Yeah, I had no idea. That's very interesting. But yeah, I mean, out of my personal experience, I'd probably give it to Melanie because uh, like, I think that Cameron does a fine job as Cal in Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. But it's like, he's a Jedi, you know, he's, he's good. Nothing like, you know, I don't know. Just my personal take. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I I don't I wouldn't I'm not going to be mad at whoever wins this category. I think they oh, all no. put in very good performances. Uh, there's no easy way. Let's talk next about let's go to best score in music because there's some there's some omissions here that people had some problems with. Specifically, Starfield soundtrack is nominated, and also I would say Sea of Stars deserved to be in here. I think their soundtrack mm. is phenomenal. Yeah, I would agree. I I fall I fall into this. Um, I don't realize what's missing until people call it out. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's kind of like good music just fades into the background and then you you start to realize it's good when you really hear it kind of kick in. And I think that that's kind of where I find myself because all these have great, um, great scores and stuff, but there are probably so many more that I'm not even thinking about. I, I think there's some good, uh, obviously Alan Wake too, I think has a phenomenal score, especially for one level in particular that's Absolutely. kind of blown up on, on the internet. They just released an official music video for it uh, this Thank week. God. So yeah, yeah, I've watched it like a few times. Um, so I'm completely fine with that. Baldur's Gate 3, I, don't, I haven't heard any of it. I assume it's good. Final Fantasy 16, it's phenomenal music. Hi-Fi Rush, glad to see this one getting some recognition, uh, especially in this category because whoa now that's that's a take time i'd put starfield over hi-fi rush for sure for musical score what? i mean for for me personally i process a score and this is me being an idiot i process a score differently than like a soundtrack i guess is what i think about them mm. as like hi-fi rush has a great soundtrack that's like boppy high action it's it's what it's meant to be but then when I think about a musical score, it's like an orchestra, like Starfield cruising through the stars, the Skyrim theme song, like stuff like that, I feel like is in this. And again, that's just me being dumb about the, the way that this is categorized. So I totally recognize that. That's fair. I, I don't uh, Legend of Zelda again. I'm not sure what their I love music. Nintendo sound team is is their composer. I don't know what the Tears of the Kingdom soundtrack is like. I it's, it's, it's very good. good. Oh, yeah, I assume good. it's good. Yeah, uh, I, I made a couple of videos for like Nintendo reviews and stuff, and I threw the the Tears of the Kingdom uh, track on there. I just stopped editing for a minute and just listened. It's so <laughs> it's really good. I, personally, not not to cut to the chase. I hope Zelda wins out of these oh. nominees because like it it's very good. It's really okay. Good. I, again, I don't think anyone can be mad about um, any of those people winning, and that's not what I wanted to do. There's really no way to get to the the category screen easily in here. Um, okay. Yeah. Again, any one of those, I think we have some really strong nominees for best score and music. Um, best narrative. Can I, I'm going to, oh, no, cause then it won't share the screen. I'm going to go to best narrative next. We're seeing similar. This is one of my problems with the game awards and we're going to go through it, but I feel like a lot of the games are just repeats for every category. 
even yeah. if they don't really deserve it i just feel like they're kind of like we'll just we'll just put it in there i also think that there is a huge potential for there to be a lot of recency bias with final fantasy 16 being the outlier obviously they came out way earlier in the year and it could just be that the back half of this year is just loaded full of huge games that might be top of mind. But when it comes to the nominees and the nominating committee, it feels like a lot of this is just what is the newest thing that these gaming critics have been thinking about mm -hmm. that could potentially be best narrative. And these are the things that emerge. And then like a lot of them might be Final Fantasy fans. Like that's the way that I kind of process this. Yeah, I've, I saw a lot of people saying that with Alan Wake 2 for getting uh, so many nominations, which I have a little thing here. So for the Game Awards this year, the most nominated games are for with eight nominations, Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3. So I saw a lot of people saying Alan Wake 2 is getting in on recency bias for a lot of these categories. I think a lot of what Alan Wake 2 has been nominated for is justly earned, but I also do think that there is some kind of like proximity to the to the awards being selected i do think there's an element there but i don't think that it's misplaced to the level of like people calling it a disgrace for it to be included here mm -hmm. yeah i just it's hard for me because i say i love alan wake too and think it deserves the recognition it's getting um i don't view it as recency bias because like it's hard for obviously i wouldn't know if i was like influenced like that because i would have the bias but I just <laughs> I just think like I'm looking at the other games and I was like, yeah, I, I've played those. But Alan Wake 2 is is better, like either from like Final Fantasy 16 that came out in June. And I would say Alan Wake 2 is above Final Fantasy 16. Um, this category we're looking at, by the way, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy 16, Marvel Spider-Man 2 is best narrative is the category we're in right now. I I don't know about Marvel Spider-Man 2 being in here. I'm a, I'm a, I don't, I haven't played the game, but I've heard the writing is a little Marvel-y and how, like how good can a comic book game, like superhero be, you know? Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you break it down. I think that with Spider-Man 2, it's a comic book game and you're going to get the comic book tropes of like, you know, protagonist presented antagonist presented then like antagonist like it just goes and i've heard there are twists and turns throughout it but it's still pretty much just a marvel game um and then also like to what ghostly march said in the chat isn't the narrative for Baldur's gate what you make it like it has hundreds of variables in the gameplay i'm not sure it should be included here i i think that it's like a personal preference thing for a lot of people because for me I feel like Alan Wake 2 is what I would want from a narrative because it is mm -hmm. it, it's creative in that it's got two different stories that are being told simultaneously. But at the same time, it's a narrative driven linear kind of game where you're just working through it and a story is being presented versus something that is impressive like Baldur's Gate 3, where it's got a really robust narrative with so many skews on it that they somehow made it still feel like a one entire experience i guess that's still impressive in another way but it's like which one do you prefer is is the is the problem with this category i think i think we had an issue with uh, no, we didn't but i think people had an issue with this category last or was it last year or the year before when did elden ring come out because wasn't yesterday, elden ring no, yesteryear yes wasn't elden <laughs> ring also nominated for best narrative and i remember people throwing a fit about because they well, there was a whole discussion about how elden ring doesn't have a story yeah. So how can it how can it be nominated? I I swear I remember that. So that like kind of translates the Baldur's Gate three is the, if the story is whatever you make it, 
what is the actual story? Or do we take into account like there's so much, so many narrative threads that you can go that that ampl that, that exemplifies the the quality of the narrative. Right. Let me revisit. Yes, Elden Ring. According to NPR, which had Game Awards coverage, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, Elden Ring, A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, and Immortality were all nominated for Best Narrative. Mm, yeah, see, uh, some of these some of these nominations every year, there's always a, a surprise one. Um, before we go any further, Sam, how do you feel about an expansion like Phantom Liberty getting nominated? That's a really good question. I don't necessarily mind it because of how substantial phantom liberty is um like it is in a way its own game i don't know if you can or can't buy phantom liberty standalone i don't think you can i think you need cyberpunk like the base game yeah i think you do too so like even just factoring that in like it is dlc at its core so it's not a standalone but there is kind of like an entirely new narrative that's being told they've revamped a lot of the stuff i'm fine with it um I, I don't think it's going to win based on that, you know, even that alone. I think that that's going to cost it a lot of votes from the from the voting committee. It's funny because cyberpunk, I heard I heard some initial buzz, but I don't feel like many people actually talked about or, or are talking about Phantom Liberty, like in the in the same way that they're talking about other games that we've played throughout the year. Yeah, it was a three day buzz where like people were yeah. like, oh, Phantom Liberty came out. Cyberpunk's good again. Oh, it's really good. Idris Elba's great. And then like immediately it was just like, hey, it's time for Starfield or whatever the next thing was that came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. People were hyping up for Spider-Man. Um, Sam, let's get a little controversial. I want to go to best indie game if I can find it here. Um, you were on it to the left. Oh, oh two God. Up. Yep. Two, nope. Two. Down Best below, independent yeah, there, game. There you go. Wow. Yeah, they can't even. Okay, see now this is gonna perfectly exemplify, exemplify what I'm talking about. Okay, so the nominees for best indie game: Cocoon, uh, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. So the reason I was looking for indie, the word indie, and not independent, is because Dave the Diver is not an independent game. The studio is owned by Nexon, a publisher. That is not an indie game. I would, I mean, I see it in a lot of different ways, and it ultimately depends on how, I saw some conversation on this on Twitter, but like, how do you define an indie game? Is it by definition an independent studio of a whole bunch of like ragtag people that came together to make their own game? Or is indie at this point in the game stuff that's just by nature not a triple a release like how do you define indie yeah i i have a problem with that narrative um because i think i think it's a slippery slope into getting bigger studios making games that aesthetically look indie so yeah. an example example i used was well pentiment looks indie it was made by like 10 people, but it comes from Obsidian, who is owned by Xbox. So if we're going to start calling those type of games indie, I think that is a problem. Like indie to me, and people are using the music example, like indie rock is an independent artist like it used to be. And yeah. I don't think we should move that way for games because unless we come up with some other sort of classification, like I heard people throw around like, well, triple I or like independent 
widely published, like weird things that kind of differentiate it more. But the indie category is getting convoluted where we're getting games that aren't actual indies nominated. Yeah, I mean, there there's definitely a problem here. It's just the issue is that people have a general understanding of what indie games mean but nobody has really defined what that is universally. I think that's the problem is that like all of these in my mind for me could be described as an indie game because previously Dave, the diver coming out meant rocket. I don't know who any of these people are, but the reality is they are owned by a bigger giant mega corporation. Um, and so even with stuff like sabotage studios, yeah, it's independent, but also like they use the messenger money, which is like a shit ton of money to make sea of stars. So it's like, is there like a monetary threshold? Is mm -hmm. there a parent company threshold? Like at what point do we draw the line? It's, it's a good conversation. Cause I think right now for me, the line is drawn at, if you are owned by a publisher, you're not indie. If you are actually an independent studio, it's an indie game, but that does get into deeper categories because you look at something like um hellblade right when ninja theory made the first hellblade they called it a triple i game because they were independent they weren't owned by xbox yet so technically hellblade is an indie game but when you compare something like hellblade which probably had a few million dollars in budget to something that is making you know a hundred thousand dollars in budget and it has like nice little pixel art because that's all they can afford it's a very different comparison. It's a different conversation. It's almost a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this just to throw a wrench in everything. According to the official Bungie press release, as they got acquired by Sony, they said, we will still continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. Does that make destiny Two an indie game? So this goes, Tom brings it up in the chat. Indie is lower budget and not big dev studios. A few men, women, but not a whole 200 plus team. I think here's, here's now this is another thing because like if you're self-publishing, but you're the size of Bungie, like Bungie is big. Yeah. I wouldn't call that indie, even though I just said technically independent. I mean, they're not anymore, but when they put out Destiny 2, they were by themselves, right? So yeah. technically, uh, they might have they? been owned by Activision. I I don't think they were owned by. I think they, or had they a, like they had, or no, they had the publishing agreement with Activision. I think that's what it was. Hmm. Uh, but you, you get my example though. Like if if yeah. Bungie was by itself and was like, hey, we're gonna put out yeah, Lar Larian Studios, T TGI, and the Larian Studios is currently independent, but Baldur's Gate Three surely costs millions upon oh, millions yeah. of dollars and they have a big team of hundreds of people working on that game over there to me i don't know if that's an indie game yeah it's muddy because like if something is something is independent by definition but they have 300 million dollars to make their game is it still an independent game at the same time if it's a team of 10 people working within obsidian that's working within xbox that works within microsoft like you're in this little russian doll of money so like, do, are you independent? There's no answer here in my, I think we should go off of vibe going forward. Like if it has the vibe of an indie game, like the, what was that trumpet game that was on Nintendo switch? Trombone like, champ. Yeah. Like it, like trombone champ, indie game, Dave, the diver sure. feels like an indie game. Like, I feel like those feel like indie games, even if they aren't actually independent. But I, again, mm. that's just me and probably not reflective of the gaming industry.
I think it's reflective of the gaming community how they feel. Judging yeah. by my Twitter responses this week, I think that I think the aesthetic argument is the one that's currently leading the the way. But maybe we do get to a point where we have triple I or double I, like we have triple A, double A games, even though we see less and less of the single A games. And then we could have truly, like, at that point, it just gets a, a bit much for people to talk Are about. Are we sure right? these All aren't right? different types of batteries at this point? Like, no, I need three no. triple A, I need two double A's from my Xbox controller, and then I need to go find some triple I's to yeah, play I'm gonna the need, game. Yeah, I'm going to need three triple I's for Dave the Diver. Um <laughs> Anyway, I'm I'm hoping Sea of Stars takes best indie game because I do love Sea of Stars. Yeah, I think that it should. Um, I think that it should definitely be Sea of Stars. Just the amount of game that's there. My fiance's played it almost all the way through it. I think she actually finished it. Um, but just watching it, like you can tell that there was a definitely a a, pro, a passion project. So that's really cool to see. I also and love it, Cocoon's call out here as well. I think this is a tough category because Dredge yeah. obviously blew up. I think that sold over a million or so copies. I think it just got DLC. Dave the Diver was huge. That blew up. Cocoon, I heard good things about. I don't know. I don't know when compared to these other three if it can if it can win, but I think it's a good to get good shout to be nominated. Yeah, definitely. If you want to, not to direct the show or anything, but there was the other indie category that I really appreciated being included as well. Did you see mm, that one? Is it best debut indie? Best debut indie game. I really appreciated this being included and differentiated because I feel like this gives a spotlight to additional indies outside of just a singular category. And some of these are, are deeper cuts, if you will. Like they're still pretty surface level and there are still repeats, but it is cool to see Pizza Tower and Vimba being included in the game awards. Uh, Alpaca Tom in the chat said he fixed the issue. We're just going to call them B games. Perfect. Yeah. Just like the B movie with, with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, a tangent. We were having a, um, a not a giveaway, like a, a blind auction at work where people come in, they sell their old junk to people. It's like, you bought some like cheap nice. Christmas gifts. Someone put a stack of DVDs. I found out later it was my director, but on top of that stack was the B movie. And oh. I was like, you know the quality of the stack when that's the leading, yeah. <laughs> that's the leading movie. Yeah, um, if you're, you're gonna move into B movie, and then all Shrek movies below that, and then the spinoffs with the babies, and then like there's yeah, just keeps on going down uh, through that. Uh, best debut indie: Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. Again, uh, three out of the five we just saw. Pizza Tower is one I heard good things about. I think that's on Steam only, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I had um, not heard of Pizza Tower before. No? no. Okay. That's, uh, look that look that one up when you get a sec. Uh, Venba, I really liked. I think that has a very um, emotional message for those that like those sort of games. Um, and it's only like an hour long. So that is the definition of an indie for sure. Yeah, I would agree. I think that... Um, I don't know which one will win that. I voted for Cocoon, though, just because it's such a good game. And, of course, again, there could be debates about that one because it comes from former Limbo devs and, like, people that worked on big indie games. But, like, I digress. I like the category. Uh, let's jump over to... Let's go to Best RPG. We're wrapping down the individual ones we're going through before we go to Game of the Year. Best RPG, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P... Sea of Stars and Starfield. This is Starfield's one nomination in the best RPG category. I voted for Starfield here. That is clearly my bias. I love I love Starfield. I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I do take exception with the fact that Final Fantasy 16 is in this category because it's 
barely an RPG, if you even want to call it that. It's Devil May Cry with yeah. Final Fantasy skin. More of an action game than anything. It's 100% an action game. There's no there's no role-playing elements to be found in Final Fantasy 16. And I mean, to some degree, I don't know if you want to open up that can of worms, but like Final Fantasy 16, pretty clearly an action game. Lies of P, I mean... Like, I feel like Baldur's Gate 3 definition of a role-playing game. Yeah, like, it's Dungeons yeah. & Dragons as a game. And then Starfield, like, I don't know. It, much like indie games, what's your definition of an RPG? Like, literally, are you playing in a role, or is it a game with a skill tree? Like, what do you describe an RPG as at that point? I... This is I I listen. Some people, are, Kevin's gatekeeping. You're you're damn right. I'm gatekeeping RPGs, okay? Because I see people over there saying Horizon Zero Dawn is an RPG. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. It's an action yeah. adventure game. All right. God of War is not an RPG just because you got a skill tree. All right. That is not an RPG. Just you have armor on Kratos and that's making an RPG. Okay. I think Starfield is a great example of an RPG because in that game, you can take multiple different roles yeah, and have okay. different past like you can be a space pirate i was a space cop as we discussed in our, our lengthy starfield episode like i think starfield certainly belongs in here even though like it's not a first person shooter that's just the combat if you choose i was a third person melee fighter the entire game so that's yeah. what i'm saying like you can choose the way you play that game much like you can play Baldur's gate three however you want to play it Right. Yeah. No, I, now that you're, now that I'm like getting my memory jogged on Starfield, yeah, totally different branching paths, potentially more than we've ever had in any kind of, of, of Bethesda game. But out of all of these, I think Baldur's Gate 3 still takes best RPG. Probably. Of the year. Yeah. Just because, like we said earlier in the chat, there are so many different options. Like you can do anything you want. You can have sex with a bear, dude. Like, yep. come, like that's, that's RPG of the year. I don't whether, know what, clip and put it on shorts. To. You know, it's going to get it. You know, it's going to get it, man. Whether you want to or not, you can have sex with that bear. No, whether you want to or not, you will. Just you will. out of curiosity, you will. You got to see the seed. I mean, yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah. You will yeah. consensually have sex with the bear in the game. Yeah, I, I, Liza P. I haven't played. I don't know how many role play. Like, I know you can choose to like lie or tell the truth, but is that yeah. big enough of like a role play? I, I don't know enough about Liza P. I've heard amazing things though. Yeah, I played a little bit of the demo, but I haven't gotten back to it since it's been such a crazy season. I'll probably hit that one up. Feels like a Christmas game for some reason. Just gives me that kind of vibe. I don't know why. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. You, I, you, uh, you know what I would like to see uh, before we jump off RPGs is a separate category for JRPGs because I feel like there is a clear bias towards Western RPGs um, yeah. or 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 rpgs that present as western leaning games because man there were some really good jrpgs that came out this year like and and there's just nowhere to be found and i think it's because like the games media at large doesn't play those games like they're they are more japanese centric like i'm sure the japanese outlets yeah alpaca tom point western rpgs sell better 100 percent 100 like when i'm looking at the trail series which i loved and they put out two games this year both phenomenal no, I don't think anybody played those because they when they sell like a hundred thousand copies, they're like, let's go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that 
there are at least two categories and we can talk more about this when game of the year comes up but like i think that is a totally valid additional category i also think remakes deserve their own category remakes Mm. or remasters i think it's it's high time much to your point about jrpgs we're getting to the point where there's such a volume of good jrpgs that are big in the media that it now warrants its own the same way we have tons of remakes and remasters these days yeah, no, I, that's a good conversation. I want to have it when we get to the game of the year discussion. Uh, I just want to quickly go through best fighting game. God of Rock. I don't even know what this is. Never never once heard about this game in my life. Know. Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery. Also, never never heard of this before. I, I am in multiple fighting game communities, all right? Like Guilty Gear, Smash, Nick All-Star Brawl. Like, I frequent these places. I don't hear about these games. It uh, is it, apparently out on PlayStation 5, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. Hmm. I, and I would assume mobile. It's called Pocket Bravery, right? Come on. Yes. Don't leave me hanging there. Yeah. Uh, and Street Fighter Six is the last one. I think, realistically, it's between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, right? I think realistically, it's between God of Rock and Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. God, too, personally, I would love Nick All Star Brawl. I voted. Imagine, I voted for it. Just could to you try imagine the, the chaos of like Pocket Bravery winning? Could you just imagine the explosion on the internet? Oh my it, god! It's like the um. There was a fan voted category, a hundred percent fan voted category last year, and it came down to like Sonic and Genshin Impact, and they were like botting the votes or something. And I'm I'm fairly convinced Jeff got rid of that category just so communities couldn't do that. I mean, when you listen to the gaming community, I even put a poll up on my own YouTube channel of like, here here are the game of the year contenders. What's your game of the year? I had people being like Overwatch 2, CSGO 2. And not that that's a bad opinion because any opinion is a fine opinion because Mm -hmm. it's your own. But it's like, really? Overwatch 2? Did that even come out this year? Like, if it did, geez, man, that's crazy. Did it? Did it? I think Overwatch 2 launched this year. Oh, wow. I yeah, would never know. No, that. it came out last year. It came out last, last year. year. My bad. Last yeah. Year. But um, but yeah, I- anyways, the, the category is crazy. I do think it's probably going to get be Street Fighter Six. I think it's probably gonna be the winner. Yeah, I think so too. Uh best action game, and I think we'll go to the game of year. Um Armored Core Six, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. Obviously, I want Hi-Fi Rush to win, but I'm okay with Armored Core or I've heard really good things about Remnant, to be honest. Yeah, I think that this is a tricky one because they're all so different. Um, And I think the Ghost Runner 2 and Dead Island 2 are just similar in nature, but Ghost Runner 2 is obviously more of like a mirror's edge with a sword versus Dead Island 2 that's just zombie chaos. I think that um, my question to you is, will Armored Core 6 get it because of bias for From Software? Possibly. Um, I don't think Dead Island 2 has a realistic shot. I think Hi-Fi Rush, Armored Core and maybe remnant has an outside shot at getting i think but those two are clearly the front runners for that i just want to know like best action game and best action slash adventure game why what do we why we draw such a a difference like what is the what is the difference first of all where's final fantasy 16 in the action game category that deserved to be there yeah, I think that's fair. I think that um, the action adventure category, maybe it's just like more open ended. Just thinking about how like Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Tears of the Kingdom, you can kind of like do your own thing, go wherever. Haven't played RE2 or RE4, don't know. Alan Wake 2, you've got choice in how you go through things. Spider-Man 2, I think there's choice too. Maybe the choice is the differentiator. 
I don't know. I I think I I personally voted for for Spider Man in this because I think it deserves. I don't think it's going to win Game of the Year, so I think it deserves some category. Where I think this is probably the one that exemplifies like the it, it's the genre the best. Although Zelda could possibly take this one as well. Um, Alan Wake Two. This is the one category where I'm like, I don't really know if it belongs here. Nah, the combat is such a in Alan Wake Two. The combat is not. Um, it's not it's great. Not, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad, but it is a means to an end. It delivers mm-hmm. the story and it gets you through stuff, but it's not worthy of being like the gameplay is not worthy of being nominated for like a game of the year. Yeah, no, be- or, I, or I, a game adv- award, I should say, especially for like action adventure. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, not for me. No. Not for me. Sam, let's uh, let's go to the most controversial. Well, depending on who you ask, but game of the year, the nominees are in, we're going to talk about it. So there's six nominees, Alan Wake two, Baldur's Gate three, Marvel Spider-Man two, Resident Evil four, Super Mario wonder and the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom. First of all, Sam, how are we feeling about these nominees? Obviously we didn't, we got a lot of these, right. When we, when we guessed last year, uh, or last week, we, I think, we both said Baldur's Gate and Zelda. Yeah, I said Mario and I said Spider-Man. And then I I said Alan Wake. So the one I was missing was Resident Evil. Yeah, I um, I don't think that Resident Evil 4 is eligible for Game of the Year. My hmm. personal two cents. Now, I made content around this and I got told otherwise by hundreds of people. So I totally hear people out there that are like Resident Evil 4 plays so differently from the game in 2005 than it does Mm -hmm. in 2023. They've remade this, remade that. I get that it's been redone a lot, but at its core, it's the same game, the same story, the same characters that are being told. And when you pit that against Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, like comparing those, it's still something old that has been made new. So that's why I feel like there should be a remake category and a remaster category so that these games can be given the time to shine, but it just doesn't feel like a game that could be going up against like brand new games that are coming out, especially in a year where we've had games like Diablo four Starfield, Hogwarts legacy, all these other games that are like massive new stuff. Yeah. I, th- I think that's where most people are getting hung up on Resident Evil 4's inclusion because we have had new stellar IPs, things like Hi-Fi Rush that came out, right? Where yeah. that score 89 on Open Critic was well-received, sold well. Um, and th- that could have been used to highlight a, a new entry, a new franchise as opposed to like, well, Resident Evil 4 came out in 2005 uh, and we, we remade it. Now, I... I'm a little torn on the remake discussion. And I was I was discussing this with Captain Logan in the XCP Discord and a few others there where should remasters and remakes be eligible? And I'm firmly remasters, absolutely not. You're just yeah. upping the resolution. Like there absolutely no way does do remasters deserve to be eligible. Remakes, I think we're getting to the point now where remakes falling in there there's a differentiate a differentiating remake thing where you have something like the last of us part one remake right yeah. where they remade the game but it is just the same game they just made it look better yeah. they i like they can say they remade it from the ground up they put more work into it or re- remaster great 
but you didn't change anything. Things like that, I don't think deserve to be nominated. Then I would say you get something like Resident Evil 4 and Dead Space Remake, where, again, they remake the game, but they change a few things, whether it's like a few level designs, tweak some gameplay mechanics. Uh, they, they change something that is like improves the experience fundamentally. Um, and then you have something like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is like, we're telling a whole new story. Like, things are going off the rails. Right. Like, it's a reimagining. And that's probably the the biggest one where, like, that is clearly eligible in my mind. Yeah. No, I, I think that there is a lot of validity there. I think that even I contradict myself because I look at even the Resident Evil games and you compare Resident Evil 2 to Resident Evil 2 Remake. And in my mind, my immediate reaction is like, oh, well, that's a brand new game. Like mm -hmm. that, you know, like the 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 POV change, the gameplay is completely different. Like it's a modernization. Like, yes, that feels right. Resident Evil 4, if you look at gameplay side by side, like, yeah, it's hugely better in so many different ways, but it's still like third person action game. Like it's kind of the way that it's always been. So like I can be convinced either way. I'm still leaning towards no for Resident Evil 4, but I totally hear you on like the remakes versus remasters right there uh, aligned on that, that like the, the remasters definitely like Metroid prime remaster does not deserve no. any kind of like recognition for coming back and bringing back that old GameCube game, even if no matter how good it is. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but I understand like in, in people's minds, like, Oh, it's a new game. Like I, to them, like I'm not a Resident Evil fan. Like I can't speak to it, but when I speak to, to my brother, he thinks Resident Evil 4 is phenomenal. Like it took the best survival horror game ever and made it better. Like it changed some stuff significantly enough for him that he feels like it's a, a worthwhile experience to go through. So it's hard for me to tell those people, well, th that shouldn't be included, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I still feel like just with, I mean, games like Lies of P when it's brand yeah. new and doing so many new things like it just feels weird to shun that and then mm -hmm. just, you know, put RE4 up there. No, no, I'm with you. But uh, speaking of being shunned, there's a game here that isn't nominated that people are quite upset about. And it's on our thumbnail, and that is Starfield, Sam. So uh, I saw a lot of people claiming that the Xbox tax, quote unquote, has has been into effect on the on the Starfield. Uh, I've seen this claim with the Modern Warfare Three scores, where it's getting the Xbox tax and getting lower scores. Yeah, I think that term is uh, stupid. Oh yeah. Uh, just I just want to throw it out there. If you if I don't know who's some people I'm sure are using it in jest, but like even I made a joke about it where I was like, I don't understand guys. Of course there's tax on Xbox. It's 7% here in New York, just like everything uh, else. Boo. boo. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think Starfield got snubbed? Like, honestly, do you, do you think it deserved to be nominated for game of the year? Initial reaction? No, I do think that like other games got snubbed, but I don't think that Starfield deserves to be game of the year. Whenever there are so many other games that came out that, arguably did more groundbreaking stuff and arguably went above and beyond to deliver something incredible. And that's not to say that Starfield doesn't deserve something potentially like best RPG of the year. Like I'm glad I got that nomination, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's game of the year material for me. And it could totally be like, I know it's Luke Lore's game of the year right now. I think last time we checked about it and um, like tons of other people are really enjoying what Starfield brings. I do want to go back to it. I know the expansions coming out. I want to go back to that stuff like that. Um, but 
I mean, putting it up against games like Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, all of these are very different games, but there's like a different bar that I think is set for other games. And I, I just don't see Starfield hitting that right now. Do you, in the eyes of the Xbox community, though, they think that bar was hit, but it didn't get the review scores because it's an Xbox game is my understanding of people's criticisms of this. I mean, I don't I don't think that I don't think that it being an Xbox game took it out of the running. I think that if anything, it being an Xbox game just impacts the overall game's perception from the launch. I don't know if it impacts like the game of the year. I mean, do you feel otherwise? How are you feeling about the Xbox tax? Is it real or is it no. like Bigfoot? <laughs> no, it's I do not think the Xbox tax is real. I I love Starfield. It's certainly in my top three games this year like if, maybe five if i sit down and yeah, figure it out but me. like i loved my 40 hours with starfield i did the main story i did all the faction stuff i did a ton of side quests like i could not remember being so addicted to a game when that came out i was like trying to play as much as possible i was so in love with starfield was it exactly what i was looking for no but what was delivered, I think, was a phenomenal experience. Um, I don't personally care about review scores. I think it's like an 86. That's completely fine with me. I think that's a that's a great game. But I think the games nominated here, like you were saying, are that one level above, right? The only one, the only one that maybe I would question is Mario Wonder. After having played I'm in World 5, I don't know if Mario Wonder is really that game of the year contender where it's like it got like a 92 on open critic and stuff like I don't know if the review should be that strong. That kind of leads me to like, is it Mario by like it's a two, new 2D Mario game? Maybe I just don't like 2D Mario as much as other people, so I can't see the the love. But like I talked to Seth Sergil, a friend over at All End and Carpool uh, with the Nintendo Drive, he thinks it's a good game, not a great game. It's not the best Mario game ever. So like this is the only one out of these six where I'm like that could have been possibly replaced with something else. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think that um, I think that like Captain Logan says in the chat. Starfield is one of the best Bethesda games Todd Howard has ever put out. And Agreed. it is absolutely one of, if not potentially the best Bethesda game that they put out. I think Starfield uh, is probably second to a game like Skyrim. I think that's pretty generally like as far as cultural impact goes, Skyrim's probably a better game. Mm -hmm. But Starfield totally deserves its recognition in the context of where it's at in Bethesda's history. I just don't think that Xbox tax or not, it's going to be in this list. Now, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, I've heard great things about. And again, this is such a subjective thing where everybody's got their own opinion. I couldn't care less about a new 2D Mario game. So I definitely <laughs> wouldn't put it in my game of the year contenders. So like that would definitely be dropped from mine. But I understand the um, the impressiveness of a 2D Mario coming out, being good and doing new stuff. I, what is it like 10 years after the last one came out eight years something like that on on 3ds but um yeah it, it's been a while and uh ghostly march in the chat says uh but also let me play as toadette so sure give it a nomination which it, my again i wish all the characters felt different in mario wonder they don't um for sha for sha mom uh thanks i don't know if i've seen you around here thanks for checking out the the show the only way you can think starfield's game of the year material is if you only have an xbox and can't play outside the ecosystem I unfortunately, well, Sam 
only has an you only have an Xbox, right? Yep, only have an Xbox. Yeah, and you don't think it's game nah. of the year. Nah, I mean, like, there's such an, an, a misunderstanding in the community around the idea of, like, people with Xboxes only defending Xbox games, and there are totally people out there that like that. But, like, for me, I do play a ton of Xbox games. I play a ton of what comes to Game Pass, but I'm not delusional. Like, I still know Game of the Year material when I play it for what it means for me, you know? And so, like, it's just not there, no matter how you cut it, even as a guy who has, like, tons of Halo stuff and Xbox stuff behind me and, like, Starfield. I have a Starfield keychain that uh, mm. actually is a, a, a defaced lanyard from GameStop that people have been hunting for, but I just cut it up and put it as a keychain. But uh, I I have Starfield, like every, I love it, but it's just not game of the year. Yeah, um, Cats of Logan, it is weird that once again, Xbox doesn't have anything in the game of the year nominations. Um, so I think this is the 14th year that they don't have a game nominated. If I, I believe I saw that stat somewhere where Xbox has missed out for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Um, I don't know if that's a true stat, but that's what I'm going with. Um, I would say it's kind of deserved because the Xbox One generation, they didn't put anything out of that quality. I think Starfield is the closest they've gotten to getting in that conversation. But I think going forward, like th that narrative is going to change. I think things like Hellblade... Uh, avowed if that shapes up like there are going to be future projects coming from xbox that will push the envelope and probably end up in the game of the year conversation yeah i mean i think that it's hard to say that it's like you said not something that has been deserved like i i do think that the game of the year emissions is a reflection of like if starfield came out last year immediate winner because last year was a barren wasteland of like nothing well actually no we had elden ring so i'll shut up and god of war ragnarok came out yeah last year. But, but, but like what i mean is like nominations like yeah. not to say that starfield would cinch it but like it definitely would have been at least nominated and it would have been a top three potentially top two contender and i feel like the stuff that hit this year from xbox even when you count in like the acquisition stuff like they just acquired diablo and they just acquired like all these other things that are really good it still is in a year that's packed with like really good stuff across the board at every level. And so it's hard to compete with the best. Yeah. Last year's game of the year nominations, uh, God of War, Ragnarok, Elden Ring, Horizon, Plague Tale Requiem, Xenoblade 3, and Stray. So obviously you take out Stray and put Starfield in there if it hit last year. It's all about timing with these things. And unfortunately, 2023 is the best year in video games. Yeah. I was so. just saying it in the chat, but I'll say it again right here. Like games like Sea of Thieves deserve recognition for like best community support in a in a, a field mm -hmm. that was definitely an unfair category. Not we don't have to go back to it, but just like looking through what people are saying in the chat. Yeah, like there's a lot of things they got snubbed, but Starfield isn't one of them. Yes, I, I would agree with that. But Alpaca Tom, who is in the chat and who I met in real life for the first time uh, this past weekend, hey. he dropped by to give me a, a capture card. He says, realistically, what do you think Starfield needed to make it a true game of the year contender? Personal experiences aside, what do you think would have been better to appeal to the masses on another level? I, I have think a that, pretty good answer for this one. Yeah, I think that my general take is that people expected Starfield and or um people expected Skyrim in space and like it hit the expectation. It is indeed Skyrim in space. And it, I think that it is a Bethesda game at its core. It's got the the dialogue options and things like that, but it doesn't do beyond like the setting and the worlds you explore and stuff like that anything really new and the traversal system between the galaxies and universes and planets and stuff or whatever you're going through feels clunky 
it's just not as smooth of an experience and as like if they had done the Baldur's Gate three treatment with the character development in Starfield, like that would have been something crazy. But it still is just like branching dialogue trees and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I feel like it's just not as deep as it needed to go or as detailed as it needed to be to really like hit like it needed to. You know what? It, you, you know what would have probably pushed it up at least a few points is if it didn't have so many fast travel and loading screens. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. could actually take off from a planet and fly out of the atmosphere, like you had that level of immersion, I think Starfield would have been better received because a lot of the criticism I hear is like, it's just opening a menu, clicking where you want to go, fast driving there, talking to this. But like, but if you could have immersed yourself into that experience more uh, with the space stuff, I think that would have been better received. Also, yeah, uh, maybe we didn't need a thousand planets when most of them were were barren. That's yeah. that's another thing that probably could have taken Starfield to the next level. I mean, I get the point of having the amount of like barren planets to really make it feel like you are exploring the galaxy or whatever. Um, game of the year, if I had been able to land on gas giants, dude, that's what I really needed to be able to do is land on stuff that is literally just a cloud. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing that's missing is that I couldn't land on a planet, run to an outpost, take out the outpost, run back to my ship and immediately seamlessly cruise back off and go nice. do something else. Like it, it needed that no man's sky style situation. And it just didn't have that. It's like, and then the leaping system and figuring out how to build the right engine and like the battery, like all the stuff you had to put on your ship to jump to certain points and things like that. It became a pain if you wanted to really get into it. And so, um, yeah, just, I think that's just the Bethesda stuff in it. You know, mm -hmm. like that's what their games are. And that's not to say that they're bad, but it's not the best choice if you're trying to shoot for game of the year, I guess. Yeah, no, because there are things in Starfield that I just didn't interact with. Like the base building, I didn't touch the base building because that's not something I want in a game. Like you could have removed that and I would have never, would have been a plus for me. All right. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about Starfield is that you can do whatever you want to in it to some degree. Like if you don't want to do base building, you don't have to. If you just want to go slice people up as a space pirate, you totally can. And so in that regard, potentially best RPG of the year um but like yeah for for the other stuff it yeah there's there's a whole lot of game there and a whole lot that i'm never going to touch so i hear you ashaman says starfield has two main issues the disconnection in the writing i'm not sure what the disconnection is but the writing uh, it's i get what you're saying S you know what sam additionally for game of the year make the companions a little better like you only have really four main companions right and they're all like kind of goody two shoes um Andresia is like the only one that's like interesting and worth hanging out with personally yeah. in my opinion like sarah sucks you don't like the, sam co come on no man. i don't like sam Coe. what you don't like his hat what about his hat that's that deserves some points the hat's pretty cool because i definitely stole it but that's just me mm, mm, no no uh yeah the, 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 it does have a good story like i like the story of of starfield it takes a little bit to get going uh some of the side stuff is really good some of the side stuff is not really good so it was just a little inconsistent but there was potential there like again great game not game of the year though yeah i'd agree i'd agree uh sam i think that's all we have for the game awards topic though so why don't we jump over to our one listener question for tonight's show and it comes from brandon 
who if you want to write into the show, you can do it in our Discord. The link is down below, or you can tag us at Save Game Media over on Twitter. Brandon writes and says, since the Black Friday stuff is announced early, what are your top five best deals? And we don't have to do five, but did you have a chance to look at the uh, the Black Friday deals for Xbox? I have not. You go first, and then I'll look them up. Yeah, so there's some, there's some good deals. Um, I already bought... Alan Wake American Nightmare for three dollars on the Ooh. Xbox. So, yeah, I was. Uh, I'm in a remedy mood. I I don't really have it in me to play Quantum Break right now, but I was like, you know what? I want to dive back into the world of Alan Wake. So I, I saw that was on sale for three bucks. Picked that up. Um, other than that, some controllers. There's ten dollars off, I believe. And I think the big, the best deal I've seen is at Target, where you get. Diablo 4 and an Xbox Series X for 450. That's pretty good. So you save like almost a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's very nice. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Very cool. Yeah, I'm just looking through stuff right now off the cuff. I mean, we know all know I've been shilling out for it over the past couple of weeks, but Battlefield 2042, 5250 off right now. Looking like a, a pretty big reduction of 75% off on that one. Um, I also see Bioshock collection is 80% off. So 40 bucks mm. off the total price. It's a really good price for a whole lot of games there. Um, I also like the controller deals as well. If you're somebody like me that likes to get the various different colors for things, like if you like the, the greens and the blues and the reds and stuff, I think they normally go for like 40 bucks. Um, I, I don't know if we've seen any deals on it. I would love to see more expansion card deals as well. I know people have been hunting those. There was, I did see a deal. I, it might've been target, but they were like at 65 bucks or something. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, for the smaller one or the bigger one? I would assume the smaller one. I think the one terabyte was 65 and then a little more for the two terabyte one. The one terabyte is pretty good. I mean, I have a one terabyte and it's it's done me well. Um, also, shout out Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition is 90% uh, off, I think. Phenomenal game. Bulletstorm is great if you haven't played it. Just a, a dumb action game. Also, a ton of Call of Duty games on sale, but don't buy those because they're coming on Game Pass in like six months, probably. Mm -hmm. That's you know what it, I saw. Immortals of Avium is at like thirty, I think, or thirty-five, yeah. something like that. And part of me was like, uh, that'd be a good one to pick up if you're interested. If you don't have Game Pass, I think that you should definitely pick that one up because it, from all I've heard, and Luke and Logan are in the chat, but it's a good game. It just came out the wrong time, and they just did a new update for it um my thing is it's it's going to be on game pass with ea play soon so i'm probably just yeah. going to hang off especially because i have other things to to play right now um but it, it does look good uh, i would say i know target is having a buy two get one free deal on physical ah. games if you're a physical gamer i did notice in my local target that there's a little disclaimer that says does not include playstation and nintendo first party wow really yeah and i went over to their switch selection and then i was like but you only sell nintendo first like you've cut your selection down so much that's all that's here so what's yeah. the point yeah the uh let me tell you man there's nothing that makes me more depressed than going to a target get video game aisle and remembering what used to be with like the the kiosk that you yes. look up and you play demos and stuff and you like have the beautiful setup now it's just this They've printed off little pieces of paper with printed oh, pictures. It sucks of the, so much. It's, it's so bad, man. It's just depressing. I think about what used to be, and then I think about like the 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 move towards digital. Also, to continue my five, Dead Space Remake is 50% off. That's a killer deal. Also on Game Pass, but still mm -hmm. a good deal. Not everyone has Game Pass, and you know, if you want to save some money, if you want to own it, go for it. 
yeah yeah good stuff yeah tons yeah. of good deals definitely dig into the xbox stuff if you are a uh as the listeners probably are an xbox owner it's worth your time yeah xbox is live right now i think playstation goes live tomorrow i'm gonna be looking over there seeing if uh seeing if there's some stuff uh my target ghost in march has a nintendo switch kiosk everything else nothing it's Dude, a- if, you, if you have a target that has the like actual kiosk thing and they've somehow hooked a xbox series x and a ps5 up to it cherish that memory take pictures send it in tag us on twitter because i would love to see that stuff i'm a sucker for a nostalgic video game aisles the one so the target closest to me just has a little tv where you can play like the switch yeah the I've got other that. target like 15 minutes away they have probably an 86 six inch tv set up with like cushion like circular chairs like a little oh, lounge yeah. area yeah. and they have like multiple switches set up and it's, it's like right. nuts yeah i was like they they're going for the nintendo audience and then you go to their xbox section it's like the back end where they put the clearance stuff yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think we have a uh, it's like a 45 inch switch section, like a 45 inch TV and then just some joy cons and a pro controller. And then like the Xbox side is just like I said, the printed pieces of paper with the with the box art on them and then like three boxed games and a whole pile of Xbox Series S's. And that's it. Like, that's just what the aisle looks like now. It's yeah, it's I pretty bad. Ser- yeah, I, I saw lots of Series S's. I saw some Series X's in the in the wild. Uh, recently which i don't see very often so there are some deals make sure to check those out but sam thanks for hanging out with me man where can people find you and your lovely content yeah you can find me on tiktok youtube threads instagram all the places at jampack sam talking about gaming news throughout the week making all the short videos and uh also um you know ranking games with my friend here on uh on uh the old podcast it's always a good time that's right. Well, you can find me over at the Muffin Mon on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a one and seven I and O and seven A. Follow us at Save Game Media. Like I said, over on Twitter, stay up to date with all of our latest. Until next time. Which side note for anyone that's made it this far? I was about to do my. Thing. I don't know Ooh. if we're gonna have an episode next week because it is Thanksgiving <gasps> here in the U.S. Uh, Sam and I are talking about maybe a little something, a little interstitial episode, but we'll let you know. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>